0: Hello, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode, we go back and we check out a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode is a little bit special because we're going out of order, because we're checking out Netflix brand new film, which is a 2021 teen horror film, The Fear Street Part 1, 1994. This is directed by Lee Yannick, and it stars Kiana Madeira, Olivia Scott Welsh, Benjamin Flores Jr., Julia Wehoud, sorry, Rewold, <laughs> Fred Hitchinger, Ashley Zuckerman, Daryl Britt Gibson, Maya Hawk, Jordana Spiro, and Jordan Di Natale. I am Jesse, and I am here with a spoiler-filled bonus episode on this first part of a new trilogy that Netflix are releasing week by week um, at the moment. Um, based on R. L. Stein's teen horror type of books um the fear Street series so i'm um, very very excited to bring you this one as a, as a bonus episode um to break the the order of the originals in release so this uh Show we start off with our fast flicks, where I do a quick little summary of what the film is all about, and this one's a it's about a bunch of teenagers needing to come together to overcome a curse that has hung over their town for a very long time. Now, there's a bit of information about how this one came to be, and obviously, like I mentioned before, it's based on the book series of the same name by R.L. Stein, and this is the first installment of three um, movies that are going to come out. But this is an original story. It's sort of taken the town and a few of the characters and put them together in an original story, and um. I guess this sort of came back in 2015 where um, a film adaptation was started to be developed by 20th Century Fox at the time. They are now um, 20th Century Studios. um, And they had um, Yannick hired ready to direct um, based on this script that was finished off in 2017. And um, they decided to get it up and running and they, they filmed it back to back back from March to September in 2019 in um, Georgia America and um, they did have the film set for a theatrical release in June 2020 however um, the the trilogy was pulled from the schedule because of COVID which we've seen um, quite a lot with a few films in the last 18 months or so and following um, 20th Century Fox being purchased by Disney um, they decided the distribution company um, Shurnan Entertainment they entertainment they ended this deal with um, 20th century studios which they now are and they they gave the the rights to Netflix in August 2020 and Netflix have, have held on to this ready to go um, with the first one this one uh, fear Street part 1 1994 being released on Netflix on July 2nd 2021 and then the other two are going to be released in the following week so on the 9th of July and then the 16th of July as well um, there's, I guess, a couple of little interesting things about this story. Around the world, they've changed the title a little bit. like So with Fear Street, the word street's been replaced with like words like alley and avenue. And, and then the word fear has been replaced with terror and horror. So same sort of gist. Um, obviously, Netflix being the huge, huge international distribution um, company that we see today has this all around the world. Um, the art department, there's a little bit of a nice story here where they wanted to convince the director that a human and sorry i have said spoilers so this is a big spoiler now if you if you haven't seen the film and want to check it out give us a pause now because there's a scene where um the director wanted a human head um to go through a bread slicer um and she was she was adamant it's gonna work it's gonna work in the art department's like nah it's not going to so um <laughs> To prove her wrong they bought this bread slicer and, and they put a watermelon through it to show her that it wasn't possible and to their surprise it actually worked perfectly so everyone cheered and they're like cool we can do this um this scene and that might be spoken about a little bit later on where we do see a, a human head go through a bread slicer Um uh, the other thing I guess and most people probably picked up on this one but the opening scene uh there's it's a little bit of a um homage to to scream where we have a a female being chased around by a a killer with a mask on and the girl and they've said that you know this was the big name the girl there is um actually Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman's daughter um and she doesn't last very long so again another, another big spoiler uh, which I've started this one off with. Consensus so it's early on this has only been out for a few days but on Rotten Tomatoes it's actually it's already um, certified fresh and that's on 65 critic reviews it sits at 88% which is quite high for a, a teen horror type of film. The audience has it a bit lower on 64% and that's on over 250 reviews which is on the high end um, for audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. IMDB sits on a 6.2 out of 10 and that's on a bit over 11,000 people and on Letterboxd it's got a lot more people that have seen this already in the first few days. 31,500 people have jumped onto Letterboxd to log this one and the people on Letterbox give it a 3.2 out of five which is sitting very nicely. Um, anything above three is very, very good. Early thoughts of this one. I don't want to take up too much time, but I mean, the start was a bit slow for me. Um, It it did feel a little bit too cliche and it didn't seem to be going anywhere. And it it did definitely pick up um, in the back half and and did have some memorable moments, which I'm looking forward to getting into when I talk about some of the scenes. But before I do that, just mention a few of the characters just to give us a gist of of what's going on. And and obviously I think we're gonna follow a couple of these characters uh, into future films. But like I said, I've already spoiled a few things. A couple of characters I'm gonna talk about now, uh, not make it to the second film but the the main character in this one is is this character called dina uh, and they set her up as this sort of um you know down in the dumps her father's an alcoholic she's in the school band so she's not necessarily the coolest person at school she's had a breakup with her girlfriend so all these things seem to be going wrong for her um she seems to have a good relationship with her brother josh um and he's this sort of nerdy um dude who loves spending time and remember this is 1994 that this is set so he's uh on the early days of the internet and loves his computers and he's almost on like this chat forum that's a bit like reddit i guess before it, it even existed uh, and and throughout this her brother josh is this knowledge provider of all things to do with this town that this this film set in um shady side and he has a a crush on this girl called kate um but you know he freaks out at the side of girls so kate's um this head cheerleader and she's popular, she's cool, she's sort of selling drugs on the side um, so we do see a little bit of her throughout the film as well and she doesn't live too far away from um, from Dina and, and Josh uh, a couple other characters I guess that I'll briefly mention is um, Simon who's Kate's best friend um, he's meant to be this stereotypically funny um, sort of dude that provides the comic relief but for me uh <laughs> it did not make me laugh at all um the last one a very important character that I, I can't um forget to miss is, is Sam who um this is uh, Dina's ex-girlfriend she'd left Shadyside and moved to the neighboring town called Sunnyvale um because her, her parents had divorced and she broke up with Dina because of this move and you know she's a, she's a cheerleader as well and um spoiler territory but she's the one that sort of this whole um Supernatural presence is felt through because, um, and all the issues that they're feeling um, come through her because of a, a car accident that she's had where she's seen a vision of a witch, and this witch is now um, after her, I guess is, is the best way of, of putting it. Uh, the director, Lee Yannick, uh, has directed all three of these films, so the next two that are going to come out as well, depending on when you've listened uh, to this episode. Her debut film was called Honeymoon in 2014 and, and she's done a couple of TV episodes along the way as well, including the Scream TV series, which fits in very well with this film because would have got the the idea of those um, genre um, conventions that you need to follow to, to keep the, the audience on edge and, and ready to go. It's time to talk about some scenes. This is where we'll break out some scenes that... I enjoyed and some ones that I didn't necessarily like. So start off with the the good ones, and I think that you know the, there's a lot of little references in this film throughout that you can go back on a on a rewatch and pick up on. And this the opening scene for this one had a, a couple of little references to books in this bookshop um, authored by Robert Lawrence and. Anyone who's a, a fan of Goosebumps or RL Stein knows that that is his name and you know the the lady buys a book called the the wrong number which is one of the Fear Street books so it's a nice little reference to to the author in the opening scene of this one continuing with the opening there, there's a a bit of a credit scene where they have all these articles from the, the Side Herald and they talk about this mall massacre that we see and, and all the murders that have happened in this town throughout the years. And I think that was a really good setup for what was coming. And um, I did pause and stop and look at these and I don't think they were going too fast. So I think that you got the general gist that there's been a lot of um, death and tragedy in this town um, and, and that was set up really early on really well. Um, Another thing that I enjoyed was this um, scene later in the film where there's all these villains and the kids put together a a montage of how they're going to trap these bad people at this school in these toilets and going to light them on fire and and blow them up. And there's this huge, huge explosion. And I thought that was really, really well done. Um, As well as another sort of murder spree scene, I guess, where they're in a supermarket. This is really cool. Uh, There's a couple of these these, um, kill shots where um, this character... um, Kate gets stabbed in gets stabbed and then her head gets put through this bread slice like I mentioned before which I just was not expecting and and the same with this other character Simon he gets his axe through his head and I was like oh wow we're we're late in the film I thought you know everyone was going to get out of this all right but um, you know knowing the the way that these types of films go I I shouldn't have been too surprised the the other thing the last thing that I, I like too is um at the end there is another sort of um shock um stabbing um where Sam stabs D um I, i really would have liked the film to have ended there and then picked up um on that nice sort of little cliffhanger but it didn't and it continued on and i might talk about some forgettable stuff now where i'll finish off with with that but the opening um the opening chase through the mall scene the the jump scares in this and the the creepy elements just didn't work for me And, and i know like i mentioned before they were doing this um this you know paying respect to scream um but there were just too many stabs and slashes that, you know, as an audience member, I'm sitting there going, this girl could not continue to survive um, through this scene. The the other thing too, they're in the toilets at school and there's all this graffiti on the toilet walls about the the, the witch in the town that everyone knows about and they're just perfectly written on the toilet wall doors and I no school would let this fly. They'd be, they'd be gone straight away. Those toilets would be closed um, until they, they caught the the culprit that had done the vandalism. The, there's another scene with... Um, Diana and the first scene we see her and Sam together and um, you know they talk about each other's futures and pretending to be someone that they're not. I found this a really weird fight scene just didn't sit um, very well at all for me. I Also like I mentioned before I really enjoyed the start where they introduced the audience to all of the different um, things that have happened to this town through newspaper articles um, in the opening montage and Josh the brother we get that he is on these online chat forums and 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 threads where he he understands and he's got a great knowledge of what's happened in this town but I, i just didn't really appreciate that uh you know him filling us in again where i'd already seen a lot of this stuff already it just felt a bit repetitive um towards the end i mentioned i liked the scene at the school where the 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 kids um you know gang up on these villains but how did they get in there? Like they got these new outfits. The the doors must have been unlocked, and then there's just this whole scene. The the couple sort of go off and, and have sex together, and the one Simon dude by himself um, masturbates. And it just felt it just felt really weird. Don't know if that was really needed. Um, <laughs> and like I mentioned before, while I did enjoy those that supermarket scene with the kills, the whole. There's this scene where, you know, if Sam, this is a spoiler again, if, if Sam um, dies, then the witch will leave her. They've just got to revive her or bring her back. So they will trying to overdose her on drugs. That didn't work. So um, Dee decides to drown her. But then when they're trying to revive her, she's like stabbing the EpiPen in her chest. And I'm like, anyone that knows how an EpiPen works knows that that's not what you should be doing. And she drowned her. So it was going to have no effect. And then eventually she starts doing like compressions and, and resuscitations. And it would, would have helped if she had have started that a little bit earlier. Uh, the last thing I mentioned is right at the end, they do have this preview for the second part. Um, I stopped because I did not want to watch this. I wanted to go in cold to the next one. Um, and I'm not sure what other people think about that, but um, yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure I stopped and, and didn't give myself any, spoilers of, of what's to come I guess uh, some themes or some ideas in this one i, I think there's a, there's a lot about friendship about um, teamwork working together banding together to to get things done and and using each other's traits uh, in, a, in a positive way to overcome odds I guess and you know the idea too of young love and it's a team film so you're, you're gonna have the, these ideas of being there for each other and and it was really good to see a you know, a leading representation of a gay couple on screen. That was excellent. And hats down to hats off for, um, you know, doing that in such a good way. What did I take away from this one? Finally, also, I guess, Um, I mean, online, I, I, I briefly saw there's been a bit of criticism about the soundtrack for this one, where there's a lot of songs that are in this film that weren't actually out when the film's based, but... The soundtrack was killer. I thought it was excellent. Um, would have cost a fortune in rights, but I'm glad they did because they were a, like even at the start, they just have this medley that sort of goes bang 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 of these songs that are just standouts that I remember. So that was really cool. And I think this would have been a lot better in cinemas. I mean, I mentioned before a couple of the, the jump scares and things didn't work for me. If I'm in a dark cinema with no one else around. Um, or you know, just sitting with a couple of friends, and you've got you know very low light. I just reckon it would have been so much better. Um, that's my take for that. And yeah, um, IMDb. We have a section where we say, did we go onto IMDb to to check anyone out? I I didn't specifically um, look this up, but as I was looking through some notes for this episode, I saw that there's a character C Berman, which I think is going to have a bigger role in the second part. But um, it, there's a the actress is Gillian Jacobs, and Gillian Jacobs. Going back to uh, a few episodes, a couple of years ago, we did an episode on this film called Ibiza and she was the lead, um, this character called Harper in that film. So looking forward to seeing part two to see um, what she delivers or what she brings to the table. Questions? Questions? more, more so than just questions these are just pondering points I'm going to put out there to keep in mind for, for part 2 some things that I want to keep in the back of my mind and work out if these are solved or, or where they lead to and I think that the first thing I want to think about is where were all the adults in this world apart from the police officer um, was it Nick Nick Good um, I there were very few adults in this world so let's see if there's some parents and some things that rock up um, in some later parts of a, this trilogy um, and speaking of the cop 2 Nick um, there's a scene where in the middle of the street he picks up this necklace which obviously he recognizes and realizes that something's happening again And, and this leads to him going to a house and putting a note through a door which says it's happening again so who's the letter to who's this character who's he who's he talking to intrigued looking forward to finding out too and the other one too is there's this um urkel dude this uh guy that they they see at the police station and Uh, Josh gives him like a paperclip so he can undo his handcuffs and on his way out he gives Josh a business card so just intrigued as well to see um, what sort of role he's going to play and what support he might um, give these kids in um, in the next couple of films. All right time to wrap this one up I think and um, as I mentioned a bit of a slow start for this one Um, but I think it set up a trilogy quite well like it, it it's got me intrigued to be like there's enough questions I wanna stick around, see what's going on, see where this goes. So I'm giving this a three out of five and good solid start. I'm hoping it picks up and hoping that it doesn't um, sort of drop off, but um, well done to you know filming three films back to back and getting them all released week after week, um, keeps the audience going and, and coming back for more, which is you know something that sometimes we miss with these Netflix um, binge sessions where they, they dump whole seasons at a time. And it's just nice to have this weekly thing to be like, cool, I'm gonna hang out till next Friday um, when the next one comes out. So. Gives us a, a three for our Flixform average and social media. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram. Please give us a follow, give us a like if you can. The question i want to put on there is: Are you going to stick around for the next two films in the series? Has the first one got well, you know wet your appetite, ready to go? Um, I think I've answered that already and said, yeah, I'm looking forward to the second one, and, and depending how this goes, we might um, might be back for a, a part two episode. So as usual. Um, thank you for for hanging around and listening to me dribble on a little bit about this film. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I did enjoy it too. We do have a back catalogue of over 150 episodes on Netflix Original Films, so if you wanted to check some of those out, please just give us a Google search Flix forum, and um, yeah, we've got heaps there for you. So again, thank you, and yeah, check out our episodes. Bye.